0: Welcome to If You're an Old Soul, Peter, our guest today. We usually start with an old phrase of the day, uh, and then since you were in England, I thought maybe it could be a British one. Do you have an old phrase you think Americans should learn that we might find nifty? Have you heard of, it's all gone pear-shaped? No. <laughs> it's all gone pear-shaped.
1: It means it's messed up.
0: It's gone upside down. Oh, it's so good. All the... British phrases I know came from one scene in Austin Powers Gold Member where Mike Myers is like, she's all sixes and sevens. And I never knew what that meant. <laughs> I could just infer. But gone all pear-shaped, that's Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. You that's can have good. that. I thought uh, we could start with you doing an American accent to make fun of me because I'll probably slip into a British accent a couple of times and I really don't mean to offend you. It's sure. just we're going to talk about a lot of British musicians. So which which American um, fact? factor do you like to try
1: do like from any state you mean or um uh, yeah are we, are we gonna g- across you... the
0: oh gosh you're you're somebody who like you exude giddy glee when you're doing yeah impression like when i'm watching you like you're having fun too so yes. whichever one you have the most fun of uh, i accept the offense
1: oh man okay so um let's have a think let's have a think um Well, generally, the Gen Am, I think, is quite a good one to do. It's General America, which is such a – it doesn't exist as a thing, but it's a a general wash so that everything you do is sort of broad and out here. And um, then if we're we're going – one of my favorite to do is this sort of, like, old-timey New York voice. (laughs) I love doing that.
0: That, Wow. Everyone, like, at home listening, like, thinks a different person is on the podcast. (laughs) It's just come in now. Did you grow up watching some mobster mafia movies? Uh, Just a lot of cartoons. (laughs) So many cartoons. cartoons. Okay. Because that was like a perfect Joe Pesci. Okay. (laughs) Well, the reason I wanted to have you on today is because uh, around Christmas time, somebody sent me a video of yours that went viral on Instagram and had hundreds of thousands of likes. And it was you uh, breaking down two impressions. It was what a John Lennon Christmas song sounds like and what a Paul McCartney Christmas song sounds like. and Mm -hmm you kind of encapsulated the difference in both of the philosophies in like 10 seconds. Now, I could play yeah. it for everyone who hasn't heard it, uh, or if you want to demonstrate it, the difference in the two, I would love to hear it one more time. Well,
1: there's there's a difference in the two, and that's what made them such a magnificent pair is that we, they were just total opposites opposites of each other, and they just complemented each other perfectly. So Paul was just like very optimistic, you know. It would sort of be like, uh, sort of... Well, the way I did it was he, he was doing... um. Uh, I can't even quote it verbatim. You need to play a clip of it, but he was—he's all about behind the, behind yeah, <laughs> the Christmas time. <laughs> Get out the wine. He was, and uh, and uh, John, of course. It's Christmas day. People are dying. Go f- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas day. People are dying. Go f- yourself. It's Christmas time. Get out the wine. Paul cool, Jim's in his favourite jumper.
0: Yeah, you said Paul was like Grandpa's got his favourite jumper, and then you are like <laughs> that's it. The world ending, <laughs> <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> that's it. Well, it's that
1: story he tells, isn't it? Which is like you know, it's writing get- getting better all the time, and John comes in, and he comes in, and there's something you know, it can't get no worse, and it was just the
0: <laughs> total polarities. Is that a story that they said about getting better? Mm-hmm. On Sgt. Pepper? Yeah, so... Oh, um so good.
1: Paul was strapped for lyric ideas, and he came to John, and John just came in with this undercutting, biting sort of, well, it can't get any worse.
0: <laughs> that, that, yeah, that sums it up. That's perfect. But then, so then someone sent that to me and was like, oh, you have to have this guy in your podcast. And I was like, you're right. This guy gets me, because this <laughs> podcast is like a refuge for uh millennials like you and me, who exactly. feel like they should have been born 60 years ago. But then yep. you... I kept posting videos of you impersonating David Bowie from like specific years. Like you would do 61, or no, you did 67. Yeah. Then you did yeah. 70, and 71.
1: Oh, 72. he's a rock and roll boy with his rock and roll rain gun. Watch him whack it out and it in got space,
0: Now, does that come from a place of immense respect? Like is Bowie your guy? Kind of, yeah. I mean, Bowie
1: was the first artist I really got into. I think the very first album I got was a best of Bowie. Album.
0: I had that CD
1: yeah 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 so it Absolutely. went through it was I think it was all his singles or at least mm-hmm. just his greatest hits going through and I kind of discovered him because there was a series that was really popular over here called life on Mars which was a BBC detective series where a guy and I can't even remember when it came out it must be like 2005 or something a guy gets hit by a car and he wakes up and it's 1973 and he can't understand why he's in it and um, it's the first time I ever heard David Bowie's music um, in the soundtrack, and I just said, Who is that? That's amazing. It was um, Life on Mars, and it was this huge orchestra. And it's like, I have got to hear more of this. And I think I'd listened to it on sort of like the uh, Windows Media Media Player browser and <laughs> discovered his work through there. I think
0: that would be a great conversation to have with people where it's like your knowledge of an artist from your childhood came from one best hit CD. Yeah. And then you hear a song that wasn't on that best hit CD, and you're like, Wait. They have other hits. I thought it was yeah. just this one. And you find out it's like a record company that made their that best hits you didn't know about. I think that's
1: the best way to get into an artist, really, is you you've got to, you get their best hits, and then from there, you work. What era do you like? Get mm-hmm. the album from that era. Have a listen
0: and work through it. That's how I got into the Beatles. You had the one, or you had the, 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 the box set with the two red ones and the two yeah, blue ones.
1: the red and the white. And yeah, I had okay.
0: um, the Love album as well, which I loved. Which you, you loved. Yeah, with Bowie, like, I had the Best of Bowie CD, and then, like, Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and then had... Oh, yes. Um, Moon Age Daydream. Had Moon Age Daydream on it, and then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this song's really good, right? too. He's like, I'm an alligator, <laughs> I'll be a rock and roll something for you. <laughs> Is that like when there's like Bowie songs where it's, like your Bowie comes out the most? Is that one of them? Because I feel like that's where he really sounds.
1: That's when he's his, he's at his most Bowie. Yeah. It depends what your preferred era is. I, I like early seventies Bowie. I think I like I like up to about seventy five, and I always have.
0: Okay, but you you know you'll break him down by year. Yeah. And so, well, what I like about your videos that gave me hope because when we started this podcast a couple of years ago, we were like, this might be niche or niche. But like I know there are other people out there who had parents who gave them this music that that mm-hmm. didn't grow up obsessed with Britney Spears that liked mm-hmm. the Beatles more that went to uh well, you wouldn't have gone but to like Coles and bought like t-shirts that said the Beatles on them and just wore those to school and you weren't mm-hmm. really into M&M that much. Yeah yeah. Did yeah. you and maybe it's different in England cuz a lot of those bands are from there but like did you grow up feeling like an outsider? Like I did.
1: Like a most little of us yeah. did.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: I think so. I think the music scene in the UK was a little bit different, sort of growing up to even the states. Because um, I think back to like the early 2000s, and what was what was huge here was kind of drum and bass music um, in in the early 2000s. And I think uh, we we got very little pop punk here. I seem to recall it was very popular in American movies, and but but we never that never really took off in the same way. I think. Um, and I, like I said, got into Bowie, Life and Mars. I met a couple of people at school who were also into it. I thought we all had older brothers as well. I suppose that's the thing. Is, um, I had an older brother, yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you got me into
0: indie music, yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you do. That's the move. You grow up listening to all this classic rock, and then around your teenage years, you're like, oh, there's like indie music that just emulates this all the time yeah yeah and then absolutely. you could finally like a band that's alive yeah which was a phenomenon into my 20s that I could actually see a band in concert that didn't have one member left I know right like, <laughs> actually in their prime yeah yeah absolutely so which was your first video to go viral because you've had a lot now what was the first one where you're like I'm just posting goofy oh, stuff it's
1: so difficult to say because I did this for a while, like I've I've been doing little videos on Instagram and YouTube pre-pandemic. I was I was up, just uploading little sketches and things, and then obviously the the plague happened and we were locked down tight. And I got TikTok as everyone kind of did, mm. and started uploading various different things. And nothing really took off in a massive way until I did like this. Um, the very first one, and this must have been 2020, was a UK millennial anthem about the 2010 UK elections and how uh, the Liberal Democrats are a third UK political party. And what happened in 2010 was there was a hung parliament, so it came to the Conservatives and the UK Liberal Democrats created a con-dem um, condemn, um cooperative government and it was basically about that election and how i was too young to vote at the time and and sort of yeah it was and that took off in a weird way which i wasn't expecting it to because it's very niche um and from there it kind of avalanche so every thing i would upload thereafter would do quite well compared and, and i would re-upload some old stuff that i'd done and it would perform better under this new audience
0: i I had that experience when I had a story go viral in December and then it was Mm. like, it almost became like revisionist history because all these things I had posted that hadn't done well suddenly had a lot of views. And it was like, now it's going to make people think that these videos did well when actually like nobody saw them. But now they're going backwards to see your other stuff. But it's so funny when we talk about this because it's like, you always assume someone's an overnight sensation. And maybe with you, I hope this isn't offensive. I think you'll agree. Like A lot of people probably think you're younger than you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People probably think right that you just like had this video overnight and now you're you're famous, but you've actually been doing it for like Sure. 10 and, years. and
1: sometimes it's met with quite a lot of hostility as well, I find, from people that they, they, they seem to take an issue with it. Like if you're talking quite confidently about things that you know about, if people do think that you are younger than you are, that they they, they take it offends them for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, so I as my alibi here, my level of defense is that I always say you can email us if you're an old soul at gmail.com. And you can tell us, if you were alive back then, that we're wrong. And I'm, I'm, I welcome that. I don't think I was alive in the 60s and 70s. I know that. I just want to talk about it. So email us. Let us know how we were wrong. Do people come after you and you're like, you weren't there for Bowie? You don't get it. And you're like, you're in Detroit, and I'm in England. I know about, more about David Bowie than you do. Yeah, but I'm here.
1: No, yeah. So at some yeah. point,
0: I wanted to play a game with you called Mm -hmm. um do british people love this british thing as much as americans love the british thing oh wow because if yeah let's go because i feel like there are a lot of british things that americans are obsessed with i don't actually know if england cares as much you know because there are okay some things that are the opposite right like oasis was like a massive band in england and they were pretty big here but they were like very very big in england right they were
1: huge here and I think it's like, it's again, the revisionist thing. Um, there's there's a lot of nostalgia for the 90s thing um, going on right now. I think this is, uh, n- nostalgia happens in, in about like 25 to 30 year increments, doesn't it? So in the 90s, we were super nostalgic about the 60s. In the 80s, they were super nostalgic about the uh, 50s um and so i feel now it's the the pictures kind of being painted the oasis were much 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 bigger than they were but from my memory of it the spice girls were way bigger kind of like <laughs> they were everywhere
0: i was just talking about this how it's like uh one day like they're gonna start doing like cost, like Halloween costumes for yeah the 2010s or the like the 2020s, and they're gonna it's gonna be like 2020s night. And it's like, are people just gonna wear 90s clothes? Oh <laughs> my, just going can dress you in imagine? The 90s? Can <laughs> you, you imagine? wear baggy clothing? It's just gonna be 90s.
1: Well, that's it. I think that's I think that's back in now. Actually, you know, it's it's I I you know it's it's when people start um, what was big in the 2010s, I guess shutter shades and things like that. When they start making a comeback, that's when shutter we're in trouble. Shades? Yeah. Oh um, yes, yes. Okay.
0: I had to think about the ones that Kanye wore, the white ones. That's it. Now I understand. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So I want to play this game with you. Uh British people love do British people love the British thing as much as Americans love the British thing? Okay. Harry Potter. Um
1: Growing up as a millennial, I was never that into it. So I I never Yeah, yeah. I I read like the first book. But as a child, I was never a big reader, and I think they were sort of like, um, they kind of, when the books came out, it was a big, big deal, I think, and it encouraged a lot of young people to read. Obviously now... The political climate and everything is far, far, yeah. It's not as big as it used to be. And what's it? What were the latest films? Um, Fantastic Beasts mm-hmm. um, didn't do very well, and it's kind of,
0: yeah. I wouldn't say it's as big as it used to be. But now they're making a TV show out of it. They're
1: yeah, gonna, they are, and it, it's it's had a
0: book a season. Yeah, ten years. Yeah, it hasn't been that long, guys. It really you know? hasn't. First one came out like twenty-two years ago. I don't know. Yeah. And they're gonna remake Lord of the Rings too. Like I just didn't know we were ready to remake like movies from like the late nineties, early two thousands already.
1: I think they've run out of movies to remake. I think that's what's happening.
0: That's right. What can we remake? I mean, yeah. but the thing is, like, if you do a TV show, these kids are gonna age really fast. Look at yeah. Stranger Things. I don't know. Do you watch Stranger Things? That... Yeah, I
1: did. I did. It's, okay. it's very. strange. They're in their twenties now, isn't that? Those kids mean? are in their
0: twenties. Like they're in other movies and TV shows where they're like adult dating like making out with people and then they're back to being in high school they're like freshmen it's very very strange yeah so like they're gonna age really quickly when they try to do seven or eight seasons um okay i last night i was my fiance had never seen breakfast at tiffany's before Mm. so you're watching that is audrey hepburn we're obsessed with audrey hepburn over here like is she this like iconic figure in england like I guess here. in
1: in the same sense of kind of like being just like a public icon in the same sense as like Marilyn oh, Monroe, you know yeah. them, you and and you know the imagery of it, but it's sort of um, I don't I, I don't
0: think we know much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> she's always on t-shirts. She's in like yeah. restaurants of so like a black and white photo of her. Yeah, and like a quote. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this one I just had a video about this, so I wanted to ask you because I've always heard about this phenomenon. I think it's a phenomenon, but I never got to ask a british person about it uh john oliver john oliver right yeah has won like i think six emmys in a row for best late night show but he's only over here because it didn't go that well in england so now that he's famous do you guys watch him now and you're like oh you know what he was funny we had this wrong Or you're like no he just has american humor we don't get it he was on a lot of do you have panel shows in the states yeah well we have like talk shows and sometimes like someone like james corden will bring out multiple people at once but it's usually not like ram norton where they're all out at the same time usually it's one at a time yeah so it's like it it, panel shows are really fun
1: because they're basically kind of game shows with comedians Mm. where they compete with each other to score the most points and we do um, have some of those yes yeah so he was in a lot of those that we had like mock the week i'm not sure if we have have i got news for you which I'm, i'm not sure if he was in that um but he was in a lot of those. It was very, very funny. And his success, I suppose, was um, it, unexpected, I guess. Because out of all the people that appear on those shows, you wouldn't necessarily have picked at him. But he's definitely watching um, watching him now. I think he has adapted an American sense of humour. There are certain cultural references and cultural points in the way that it's written and the writer's room that it's all
0: kind of been tailored towards an American audience. Were you i guess it's not like you're asking people on the streets but it's like are you guys now like oh we should have like kept him over here when we had him well we're
1: we're feeling regrets um yeah.
0: like he's doing really well over there
1: i don't think so i don't think so well, i think his... uh-huh. it's almost a thing of like we could almost expect him to come home at any moment and he'd be welcome
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just think of someone like the beatles where it's like they were very big in England and then went mm. to America to get bigger. But with John Oliver, it was like he wasn't that big in England. So he came here and got ginormous. And now he's like yeah. the best of the best.
1: I mean, it's the same with um, James Corden, really. Well, I mean, James Corden was a massive deal here with um, Gavin on and the Stacey. Stage. And um, on, yeah, on the stage he did... Um, oh, he did an Alan Bennett an Alan Bennett play and was in the, the movie version of the History Boys, I think. And yeah... Um, Yeah, it's quite an interesting phenomenon.
0: Oh, speaking of uh, stage, I was going to ask you, because I was reading your bio, that you were in a play that Sam Mendes was directing. He made American Beauty. He made Revolutionary Road. Uh, Was he nice? Sam Mendes. Sam
1: Mendes, I think I um, bumped into him into the corridor during the rehearsal process (laughs) of that, because by the time I took over on that show... Um, it was its second run in the West End, and okay. I briefly made eye contact with him. Whoa! Um, and he walked past me, and, but I've also received um, presents from him during the rehearsal process. We like it was during Christmas time, and there were um, various little celebrations. I think that show, it's the Ferryman, um, won an Olivia Award for um, best play. And everyone in the cast that day got like a little leather-bound notebook, um, and Sam Mendes had written like "Thank you so much for all of this," and it was all very, um, what's the word? It was, it was, it, it didn't have my name on it.
0: Shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> it just said, "I loved our eye contact. I loved yes. when we locked pupils. Thank you, Peter." <laughs> when uh, when I was in college, I interned at time Show with Jimmy Fallon, uh-huh. and each intern at the end of the semester, got a mug that he signed, and said, like, for me, it was like, Danny, you are my favorite intern, Jimmy. And he signed all 30 of them like that, just, you are my favorite <laughs> intern, Jimmy. And I well, love he when he think... they own it.
1: <laughs> That's incredible. I love That's when incredible.
0: they own it. Um, That's Okay, here is one I wanted to ask you. This is, I think this is also a phenomenon. Maybe I'm being generous with the word phenomenon. But uh-huh. are you aware... Of this whole thing with Mr. Brightside by The Killers, yes, and England, that yeah, yeah, it, it is it an charted, anthem here. It's so yeah, it's it's a big deal here. Like they sing at sporting events here, but like yeah, it like had a renaissance like five years ago. Whereas like in England, I I found it on the BBC's website that as of uh, this is in 2021, it had spent 260 weeks or five whole years on the UK Top 100 chart. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's like, is that song like that big there? I just can't get over that. No, it's huge. It, it, it's
1: one of the songs and and there are a couple of them here. I think another one is Wonderwall. Um, but yeah, Mr. Brightside is, is the song that everyone gets up on the dance floor and
0: starts singing to. I don't want to revoke your British citizenship, but how tired are you of Wonderwall as a musician, <laughs> as an English musician, as someone who can play a guitar at a campfire or an event are you very over wonderwall i think i was over wonderwall very early on and i think oasis
1: (laughs) were over wonderwall very
0: very very early as well they would agree with you they're over each other as well yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that was the first song when you were a kid and this is another old soul shirt experience when you were a kid and you were like yeah i play guitar you're at a party like oh like play wonderwall and you're like you know i just learned blackbird yeah. <laughs> Does anyone want to hear Black? <laughs> no, when you're wonderful. Play one Play Hey there, Delilah. <laughs> um, okay. And then last question I wanted to ask you was about um Ted Lasso, which is not British, but it takes place in England. Uh the soccer show on Apple TV that's won Best Comedy at the Emmys, like is Ted Lasso something you guys care about? Or do you even know what I'm talking about? Right now, am I confusing you at this moment? No, time? it's a it's um it's a comedy. It's a comedy about football. Uh, it takes place in Richmond, in London, and really, it, it at the Emmys it won best comedy and and won best Sporting actor two years in a row. And Brett Goldstein, the British Jewish actor, won. And Hannah Waddingham. I, I have to say, I've never seen it. This is incredible. Okay, okay, we are hitting. Very interesting territory for me. Because this is a show, it takes place in England, all about bringing soccer to Americans. And uh, I didn't know if people in England actually watched it. Wow.
1: No, well, <laughs> I've, I've never seen it, but then I might be in the minority. I don't know.
0: Well, you are busy, right? I mean, are you... Because you have one album out for nah. non-stick Pants. Your name is Peter Ruckman, but your band yes. is nonstick non-stick Pants. Are you currently recording? What's I am, yeah,
1: currently. So for the last i say almost three years now, I've been recording various songs to compile a, a new album. Um, there has been huge delays on it because um, it's expensive. And then we did have a global pandemic as well. That slowed things right down. Um, and just finding the time and matching up schedules with other people. But it's getting there. We're getting very close. It will be this year, I think.
0: I don't know about you, if we can talk anxiety for a hot second. Even though mm. you are a polished man, you're never anxious, right? You're always cool as a cucumber. So
1: cool below the surface. Yeah. Oh Just yeah. Just
0: chill. Just chill. Like for me, so I'm I work in, in television, but when I'm working on a story, mm-hmm. like I'm pacing for hours. Mm. Like I'm I think about it in the shower. I think about what I'm driving. I take little notes on like my voice memos and I'm like, <laughs> this is really corny because it's like a news story. But I'm like re recording like the opening line. Like when you're at the like a. <laughs> I'm constantly like thinking about it. Like for you, when you're working on an album, it must be hard to be like, okay, this is it. It's now perfect. I can stop here.
1: Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. You 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 kind of have to kill your darlings. The story I I think about um, a lot is you know the Lars uh, band. Oh, the Lars. The they did the
0: song "There She Goes." Got it's it. Lee there Mathers. she that's the one i wrote a parody of that uh about pirates that goes "Thar she blows. <laughs> you're welcome universe wonderful anyway. <laughs> no the story i think about is
1: lee mavers is a bit of a genius but um was basically working on his um debut album again and again and again and he never felt he got it right to the point where i still believe he's working on the re-release of that album and it's just um yeah it, too much of a
0: perfectionist I, when i'm like recording in the voiceover booth and i'm doing my story like my my tracks for a story like i try to give myself like okay if i've gotten to 10 times on one sentence it's mm-hmm. probably good like i should probably just go back to like the second one because now i've probably like made it sound too forced because mm-hmm. you want to sound natural right yeah so, like it must be hard to figure out when you're sounding natural and when it's not polished enough and you want to be a little raw yeah I think that way about self tape sometimes too. Like a
1: demo? Yeah. Or like a, an audition or something. You you can record it only so many times and then you think, oh, well, you, you know, pick the best
0: from that lot. That's yeah, hard to do. So um, for this new album, so your last album, your first one, came out three years ago, four?
1: Oh, God, it's almost, it's, it's getting on five now, I think. Five years. Yeah.
0: Okay. So how much are you going to change? Your from from that sound i think it has would've...
1: changed quite a bit really um yeah so i think they're all still quite eclectic there is but th- there's there's a thread that kind of goes through it which funnily enough the themes i'm kind of exploring are nostalgia and romanticizing the past and kind of examining whether or not we as a generation are imagining it that things are like worse or better mm. or and just just kind of exploring the feeling of that sort of growing up in
0: this environment uh, aziz anzari has a great bit about this where he's like people are always saying like this is the worst it's ever been like this is the worst timeline and we're living it and he's like guys we used to have a draft mm. People were sent to war that didn't sign up for it. Like it's been pretty bad before too. Yeah, yeah. And, and even like with simply nostalgia, like for you and me, where we're like, man, wouldn't it would've be been really cool to just like have Abbey Road on vinyl when it came out and not spend fifty dollars on it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bumping the price like that would've been cool. But also like we have the internet, we have Amazon now, we have air conditioning now. Yeah. These are all great things. We can just have both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So right.
0: Is that what's your verdict on nostalgia in your album? What do you What do you think?
1: I think I leave it sort of open to interpretation. I don't think there are any clear answers there. I think in some ways things were worse. In some ways things were better. Um, you know, I'd like to be able to afford to buy a house. That would be nice, you know. But th- these these are all things that it's like, for us, it's so difficult to achieve, and yet there are so many luxuries afforded to us that there weren't, you know, 50, 60 years ago. But it is... Um, the, the way I sort of feel about it, sort of, because we were talking about nostalgia, like a wave of nostalgia happening every 25 to 30 years, is that I feel in the 90s, we were very optimistic. And then in the early 2000s, probably right around the time of 9-11, everything mm. changed. It was, it, we, we were suddenly very scared of what was going to happen and everything around the climate change. Global warming is so dominant. And everything that it's it's hard not to think, oh things are pretty terrible.
0: Have you ever uh talked to a twenty five year old that doesn't remember nine eleven? Uh
1: it hurts. Yeah. They yeah. have no memory.
0: Yeah. They were just told about it.
1: But it's a strange thing anyway, because I feel like I remember it, but I was yeah. too I was so young. I was yeah, so, we so, so young meant. that it was it was kind of like, Yeah, no, exactly. My my presiding memory of it was Every single news channel showing it like and Mm. and that was uh, and kind of like a hushed tone around my parents and the adults around me, not really wanting to discuss what was happening or frighten me about it and just kind of it it being very scary. You know, I think because I was in I was in primary school, I was in um, I remember actually my mum picking me up because by the time it had happened, it was like the evening here. And I remember a teacher saying to her, don't switch on the news. It's terrible. I what I'm saying, no, I heard it on the radio. Um, yeah. And then and then just kind of like everything that surrounded it.
0: Uh, yeah. I think it's like a memory where it's like at the time you didn't really know what was happening, but now you keep going, you keep going back to it because people are like, you're too young to remember. And you're like, no, I have this memory and I've thought mm-hmm. about it a lot. So I can say that I remember it. I'm yeah. not as young as you think. But that's it. That's it. It's like, the, I mean, the world definitely changed. And even even mm. as a
1: kid, you do kind of, you perceive that. You see that at one stage think we were very in the 90s we were so hopeful about the millennium about the idea that it was going to be this sort of futuristic wonderful utopic society and um, what were they were building here was the uh, millennium dome which is now the um, o2 arena in london and it was a catastrophic failure it was basically just a big building that they didn't really know what to do with and it was this beautiful design there was it was like kind of like a a rounded dome tent with these uh yellow spikes coming off it and (laughs) it's now the o2 arena it's one of the most popular uh events arena in london took a bit yeah a little bit it took a while for people to find a use for it
0: (laughs) Uh, on the note of despair my favorite segue oh yeah i wanted to ask you a question and now, this is kind of deep, kind of ridiculous question. And you can say, like, Danny, that's a stupid question. I can't <laughs> even you say that to me. And that's okay. And I apologize in advance if you're offended by it. I just okay. would like to ask somebody. When bad things happen to you, and you are an artist, mm-hmm. do you kind of sit and say, like, I wish this didn't happen. This sucks. But I'm going to have to try to find a silver lining. So at least this raw emotion that I'm feeling can be channeled into art, right? Like, do you say to yourself, like, this sucks, I wish it never happened, but I, I'm i going to do something with this because it's my only choice. Do you know what I mean? Or is that a ridiculous question? Tell I think can give an example. That's a exam- question.
1: That's uh, a really good question. I like that a lot. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because I think there are some artists who indulge in their despair and that isn't very healthy. And there are artists who abide by wanting to suffer for their art because it gives their art more value, I think. And I um, released for from my last album. There was a song
0: called The Artist, which explores this very that's topic. My favorite song by you guys. Oh, thank you very much. The right. song rock. It's like all... Well, I think you had an Instagram video that's. It like, was a comment that was like, this is like all the best British pop. It's like a distillation of all that. And I agree. It's it like... Oh, thank it's you catchy. so much! Very it's much got appreciated. A vibe and uh, the music video, ha- like it kind of reminds me of uh, "The Entertainer" by Billy Joel. I don't know if you know that song. Oh, right, song yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was he's saying like, sometimes I just have to perform. This is my mm. only choice sometimes.
1: Yeah, but I do think it's interesting. You know, when 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 bad stuff happens to you, it, it's not necessarily about finding the silver lining of the bad thing that's happened to you it's sort of how you get up from that and i don't think you can really choose to see that as a positive thing um and i don't think it necessarily gives anyone's art more worth but this is just stuff that happens to human beings this is this is all part of the human experience at some point we will all suffer um it's how we deal with it that matters if that makes sense
0: yeah of course there are just like so many examples in music where something bad happened and then it became somebody's biggest hit That's like so funny though, yeah. eric clapton with like tears in heaven tears with in his, heaven yeah with his yeah. son dying or uh with the song sunny which i think is by bobby hebb which was like sunny that was about mm-hmm. like his family dying in a car crash or yeah um modern singers like sufjan stevens were like his his mom died and then he wrote like one of his best albums like it just keeps happening and like obviously yeah they'll take their family member back 10 out of 10 times instead of having their biggest hit. But yeah. it is a really weird conundrum that keeps happening where it's like you wouldn't have I, had this piece of art without of it. Of course.
1: and But I do think it's something to do with tapping into that, which is part of the human experience, that if you can tap into something that has affected you on such a deep, profound level, other people are going to find something from that. And I think, mm.
0: yeah. But are you ever like when you're writing a song, are you like, "Let me make myself sad right? like, let me let me look through old photographs. Let me watch a sad movie, like I need to get into a dark place no I think
1: you know, I think I used to be like that, and I think okay. I think that's a slippery slope, I think. There yeah. is a real danger of doing that. and um, Certainly at drama school, you're almost encouraged. I think the training is starting to change a little bit, but you're almost encouraged to sort of suffer for your art, to be seen as sort of a valid, proper actor or artist. Um, and I don't think that's right. I don't I don't think you need to push yourself to extremes. You can observe the world around you and you can garner stories from other people. And I think that's equally important. And your interpretation is, is going
0: to be so interesting, I think. But yeah. That is a good point. I'm glad to hear that they are starting to change the rubric a little bit and not yeah. being totally committed to the bit to the point of being sad. But for for you, I guess I was wondering because you are known for a lot of comedy. Yeah. But like you want to be taken seriously as an artist, as a musician. Yeah. So it must like I have this problem too, where sometimes I'm doing goofy bit. Like, I do stand up, I do improv. Other times, I have like a serious news story, and it's like, mm-hmm. they're gonna both be there on my Instagram. <laughs> like, it's gonna be right? like sad story next to goofy story. And for you, you, like, do you ever like pick and choose when you post the goofy stuff because you know you wanna post a new song? I can't
1: because it would drive me mad yeah. having to second guess. I'm already, you know, um, with TikTok and Instagram and everything, you can already like second guess yourself about mm-hmm. trying to pander to an algorithm and seeing what kind of works. And I just find I just upload what I want to when I want to, because that keeps me sane. And I won't I won't follow any kind of um, formula or, or or anything because you're going to sort of compromise yourself yeah. Um and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do my music. I'll do comedy. Won't necessarily keep them apart. Sometimes I'll blend both of them. And, you know, it's up to the audience whether or not they like it. It's what it is.
0: I think that's a good way to live. Um, well, now that we've talked about something deep, thank you for talking to deep about deep stuff with me. I appreciate it. No worries. Even though people might know you for doing funny David Belvey impressions. I know there's mm-hmm. a lot more there. Yeah. And... Um, I wanted to play a Goofy game with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know about ChatGPT? Yes. Okay. It's really fun to play with. Mm -hmm. So I thought we would try to get it to make a parody of a Beatles song. Oh, amazing. Or a Bowie song. We just have to think of what we're going to ask it to do. Okay. So is there an artist you would like to see ChatGPT try to um, make a parody for you? Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Um... Pick an artist or... Or a song Pick an artist like. from
1: the top of my head. And um, be like, I'd be very interested to hear them parody some Ringo Starr. <laughs> oh, okay,
0: yeah, Ringo songs. Um, well, it depends if they go for one that like George helped him write. Yeah, then it's very different than when he was on his own later. Yeah. But, um, but it it's like Octopus Card, and what should we make? Uh, the song be about. Oh,
1: oh, what's a parody of a
0: Ringo? We can pick a new aquatic animal.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's um do like a, a manatee's um, about a porch. Manatee,
0: manatee porch. Can you make a parody of a Ringo Starr song about a manatee porch, not an octopus garden, a manatee porch? Okay. Sure. Here's my attempt at a Ringo Starr style parody about a manatee porch. Okay. Um do you have a Ringo impression? Do I have you
1: a, a... Oh, I can, I can but try. I, I think Ringo, he's very low down, isn't he? So oh, that's we're, great. We're,
0: that's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Um, do you... I can sing these lyrics or I can email them to you right now and you can sing them. What do you
1: want to do? <laughs> <laughs> Should we speak the first verse and we'll see if it's worthy of a full... Uh... Oh, okay.
0: Um, so... I don't know if they're going for octopus garden, but so octopus garden's like I'd like to be under, the, under sea the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade, and then here's verse one about manatee porch. Well, I've got a manatee porch, and it's quite a sight where the sea cows come to play and bask in the light. <laughs> How does this robot know that we call manatees sea cows? What That's programmer incredible. told Jad Gbt like, manatees are often associated with sea cows and potatoes. How do you know that? It's the coolest place in town, and I'm proud to say that my manatee porch is where they love to say. And then the chorus goes, uh, manatee porch, manatee porch, where the manatees come to play manatee porch manatee porch it's a sight to see every day
1: <laughs> you know i love the idea of ringo presenting this to the other three
0: <laughs> and then being like right um <laughs> he's okay like, he's like guys i finally wrote a hit so <laughs> we have to it. follow it up we have to do manatee <laughs> porch now we're just because that was in the 60s they would do that. they would like have a song and then make an identical one. Oh yeah have, like a follow-up hit that sounded exactly like it exactly yeah you know like uh let's like the twist. He then mm-hmm. came back Chubby Checkers with let's twist again. Twist like, again. We did last summer. Yeah. like they would yeah. always do these follow-up bits. So if Ringo was like, guys, like now that me and is... George of Octopus Garden, or or maybe since Abbey Road was the last album they recorded, like, yeah. and that was on it. He, the band broke up. He was like, damn it. I was about to come back from Octopus Garden on our last album with Manatee Forge. Damn it. <laughs> oh,
1: you you know what you should do is get, um, for, for the, uh, single cover, You should go on Dali and get the single cover for uh, Manatee Porch by Ringo Starr and see what it generates.
0: Wait, what is Dali?
1: So that's the AI art generator.
0: That's a thing?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can
0: get some album covers. Oh, man, we could... I mean, listen, your album's not done. No. I mean, I could release stuff in the meantime. I'm just saying, like, on your album, the way, like, Abbey Road ends with the end and then you think it's over... And then Her Majesty Her comes majesty. on at the very last second, like <laughs> you could just all of a sudden have manatee polish is great, just <laughs> like coming as the last song, like very quickly. And ah, Manatee a is quite a sight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Just spitballing, just spitballing. Fantastic. Um, we could try a Bowie one too. Mm, what would David Bowie sing about?
1: Oh, what would David
0: Bowie say? Which era? Um... True. You you go year by year. So, shall we say?
1: Um, let's go early on. Let's let's do the hunky dory, uh, mm. sort of fantastical um, okay. Bowie yeah.
0: parody. So, I guess I guess life on Mars is on hunky dory, So, yeah, about living on uh, Uranus. Yeah. Now, this one I am going to have you sing because you are the better David Bowie impersonator. Okay. So, I am going to type. Can you write a David Bowie parody about living on Uranus? About actually, let me say life on Uranus so it's like life on mars. Okay. Uh I'll wait for my answers to come through. <laughs> Here's oh, my God, there's a Dan Bowie parody about life on Uranus. Oh, this is great. Okay. Uh th- it's taking like 5 seconds. Okay. Okay. is okay. Cool. How many verses do we need? Okay. This is the uh, it, it's is it too enthusiastic? It 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 it's been waiting for somebody okay. to finally ask it. It even says to the tune of life on Mars," So like it even knew we were doing. How did it know we were doing? Wow. I'm scared. This is funny, but also terrifying. Okay. I am sending you the lyrics. I just hit send. I just emailed them to you. Hopefully it wasn't to my boss and I put your name in there. I cannot. Let me know if you get it. Let's see how quickly things travel across the pond to England. It
1: might, it might have read the context and sent it straight to my spam. Yeah, true. It's the, the, uh, Someone's trying to sell you something. I can What tell. is this? <laughs> okay, here it? we go. Yeah, well, I did. Okay. Okay. Let's open up. <laughs> Some of these are just like, generally just rehashing the Life of Mars lyrics. <laughs> it's a god awful small world living on Uranus with its frigid atmosphere and its barren lifeless crust. But who knows what's down below in those icy methane seas? Could there be creatures we don't know living in the deep freeze? I don't think this is to the tune of life on Mars. Is there life on Uranus? It's hard to say for sure, but we'll keep exploring until we find the cure. I we just need a string orchestra.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I can't get over how like uh, myopic I am that like I used a word that has three like two more syllables than Mars. So like it's yeah. copying the structure. It says is there life on It should be Mars <laughs> <it's> Uranus. <laughs> it's so much harder to get. In an existential way, to be like, Uranus!
1: <laughs> Too many syllables.
0: My bad. I set you up badly there. Brilliant. With life on Uranus. Oh. Whew. How many Bowie impressions do you have in your arsenal? In my arsenal? What, in, in terms of the videos I've uploaded? You've done like every year, but like in your head, how many Bowie impressions do you have? There's a lot of Bowie's.
1: There is a lot of Bowie's. I've yet to reach the stage in the impressions where where eighties boys, where he just screams into the mic, <laughs> like in um heroes,
0: ooh, that's a big song. I think like every yeah. single indie movie made in the last ten years has somehow used heroes, yeah, shoehorned it in, yeah,
1: oh, I Maybe loved it sounds. um did you watch uh Jojo Rabbit mm shoe on the in the the German one as well.
0: That they use heroes in that movie yeah like Perks. Being and Walfour they also did it. they did yeah.
1: the um, German recording of um, She Loves You by the Beatles when they, they actually recorded it in German oh when they
0: recorded them in German yeah, yeah. I love those what is your favorite Beatles album because
1: Revolver talking, I think
0: Revolver oh, okay see that's yeah. that's the sexy answer these days people go yeah. with Revolver and like that's like their flex you know well, I
1: love Revolver because it, it's pre-pepper it's just when they started kind of getting Try. wild in the studio it's sort of they said well we're not going to be performing live anymore and it, and it, it was just the idea of them sort of teetering out into the world of kind of psychedelia which i love i and, and like tax man and, and the way that it's um that the reverse guitar solos on that and um tomorrow never knows as well as incredible
0: i i saw um i was seeing the flaming lips in concert mm. and uh Sean Lennon opened for them. Oh, yeah, amazing. His band. And he sang Tomorrow Never Knows. But he looks and sounds like John. Right, yeah. So it was just like seeing John for one song. So now that song means a lot to me. Because yeah. when he like came in, he's like, turn off your mind. and I can't do that. I don't know why I went for that impression. I mean, it's
1: it's such an incredible song, I anyway, know, because it's sort of like one of the earliest examples of kind of just sampling and mm. using sounds like through through. Yeah, noise. looping like things, musical the tape noise. machine over and over. It, it's just amazing. Yeah,
0: I feel like Revolver kind of reflects your sound a little bit. You, I mean, I haven't heard your new album, but like you have like mm. a like a pop sensibility, but you're still writing like complex music.
1: Yeah, I suppose with this new album, I'm kind of talking about how, or, or trying to emulate the feeling of kind of like power pop, and nostalgia within power pop, like. um how we were saying in the 90s, everyone loved the 60s and everyone was trying to sort of like mm. get that sound back from the synth heavy 1980s. Of, of um, Yeah. Well, that's over here. We had Britpop. We had Oasis. We had Blur. We had Pulp. And there was very much like a movement of kind of like, let's, let's get back to real in quotes music um, and use real instruments and, and stick to the formula that's worked for all these other great artists like the Kinks and the Beatles. Um, and I feel like America, um, th- this is probably around the time grunge started taking off in a massive way. Um, but I, there are, there's like some great American bands that I think did this really well, like um, Fountains of Wayne and mm. Mike Viola and the Candy Butchers and Jellyfish as well. Just like these beautifully managing to capture kind of the creativity and the spirit and the sound of like the vocal harmonies and the melodies and the sensibilities of like those kind of pop songs from the 60s which I really appreciate. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to emulate some, for some tracks, some of that sound.
0: Fountains of Wayne is from um, the same like state, New Jersey, as me, mm. and, like, at the town of Wayne. So hearing you say them, is pretty rewarding. They're like, yeah. you've picked up on Fountains of Wayne and that oh, absolutely. they're not a one-hit wonder. They have, like a lot of good. Like,
1: oh, I think that's the thing. is like, once you look past Stacy's mom, it's mm. like that it's a huge it's treasure trove of these beautiful songs that are so underrated and it's just like yeah incredible but I I sort of I I kind of discovered them retroactively um after the death of Adam Schleisinger um Red, COVID-19 and sort away. of seeing like oh wow this guy was such a, and that thing you do as well with um Mike Viola and
0: everything it was just like beautiful we're having an amazing moment you don't know it yet but uh Our last episode was about that thing you do because it just went went viral on Twitter last month and everyone was talking about it. And then I was like, I grew up with this movie. I love this movie. And I didn't know Adam Schlesinger wrote it until we did the podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, he wrote that? No
1: way. What I love about that is that it is unapologetically corny as well. It's incredibly cheesy. Yeah,
0: it's it's perfectly Tom Hanks to be like, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be like good American fun. Yeah, nothing bad happens. It's fine. We're just going to go for a ride in the 60s. That's Whatever.
1: it. That's that's it. That 60s nostalgia in the 90s. It, it, it encapsulates
0: it perfectly. It's that of the Austin Powers movies. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. But that movie like also encapsulates in the 90s when um, they still kind of had a hold on audiences where they felt mm. they had their attention. Like They didn't have to compete with the phone. So they would like in that movie, they play that song cover to cover like 10 times. They play yeah. the entire song. They never cut out of it. They're just going to play the whole thing every time.
1: You know, luckily, it, I think it was a good enough song to do that yes. as well. Because it is one I think you can listen to over
0: and over and over. Uh, it is catchy enough. Um, okay, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time while you're in and out of studio. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, anything you would like our audience to go like or subscribe to that they would enjoy? I certainly enjoy subscribing to you, to the nonstick oh, pans. Oh,
1: yeah, well, just 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 keep up with me on the socials. <laughs> I'm, I'm the nonstick pans across the board uh YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and um yeah, keep your eye on things. More stuff to come.
0: Do you think you maybe have a, a single that's gonna be dropping in the near future?
1: Oh, who said that? Oh wow. Um will <laughs> <laughs> <Little> be <laughs> <Little bee. laughs> Yes, I think so. I think within the next couple of months. And then we tour America? Fingers crossed, we'll see.
0: I I worry about you yeah yeah <laughs> coming here it seems so nice over there well <laughs> i know you just went to florida for the first time what what was your verdict on florida
1: well my verdict on disneyland is different from my verdict on florida <laughs> i have to say on disney world sa- disney yourself. world sorry i disney. should say yeah not yep. California. um but yeah i was i was staying in a in a hotel um very close to a <laughs> machine gun range which is just kind of very what? strange to think about in for coming from the uk but it was like machine gun fun for all the family
0: <laughs> it's like, mickey wow. mouse and machine guns that's florida you just summed it wow. up wow so you could hear machine guns from your hotel at disney world
1: oh we couldn't hear them i'm guessing they were very well soundproofed or yeah
0: <laughs> and i assume the gun culture is not a thing in England like it is not here.
1: Not at all, not at okay. all, no.
0: So you're like, why are you guys obsessed with the boomstick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you should you should tour here. Uh, and if you come to Denver, let me know. Uh, of course. But I'm sure England might seem a little more sane than America <laughs> sometimes. So. sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. You have your moments too. Yeah. Of course. Well, uh, thank you. Peter Rugman, and uh, let me ask you one more time. Is there life on (laughs) (laughs) Uranus?
1: Thank you for having me, Danny. Thank you, Peter.